This is Agile Storytime with David Ritter. I don't have time to transform. I have too many meetings. How often have you heard this from people in an organization that's trying to change their way of working? To adopt Agile, you mean I have to add another meeting every day and more meetings every week? It's inconceivable. In today's story, we'll hear from a chief technology officer who transformed his day-to-day schedule as a way to transform his organization. Laurent Alt is an associate director with the Boston Consulting Group based in Paris and a key contributor to BCG's work in Agile. Welcome, Laurent. Could you please share a little of your background? Yeah, I started doing software development in, in the visual effects in movies in the 80s. I worked 15 years at Dassault System, who is the company, the company that markets Katia. In Dassault System, I ended up uh, going up all the management layers and I went to the strategy department and I was a kind of the corporate PMO. So I was monitoring all the development plans and checking if they were in line with the strategy. I worked at a startup in Boston called Space Claim, which was acquired by Ensys later. I was the CEO of a French company in visual effects again, and I started working in Agile back at this moment, 2007 or so. And I started discovering what it meant, demoing, delegating, and having customers or end users involved in, in prioritization. And then I, at one moment, I became this, the CTO of a French company called Electra that sells machines, cutting machines, software, and embedded software for the fashion industry. Uh, and I had in charge 220 engineers. So when you were the CTO at Electra, you faced a challenge that many leaders deal with. Tell us about the situation and how you reshaped your agenda to enable change in the organization. I arrived and I took over an R&D that was really not delivering. And I had to make that transformation. And when I arrived, my agenda was full of one-hour meetings with tons of different topics to address. And everyone was asking me my decision on things I didn't have any clue about. I was discovering the product. I was discovering field. I didn't know what fashion software was. Everything was new to me. It was overwhelming in terms of information and what I needed to do. And I, I had the impression I was have, I had to take decisions about things I didn't have any clue about. But the other thing is I also attended to some of the meetings that were three hours project review meetings with 30 people in the room that got nowhere. And, and I was amazed by how much time and money we were wasting by setting up meetings with no purpose, no decision, people speaking, arguing, and then nothing got decided anyway. So my agenda was a, was a real mess and I was not happy with it at all. And I had all, always emergencies to deal with. And the first decisions I made were about the past, about customers, about issues, about how we monitor bugs, bug priorities, fixes. And it was all about looking back and trying to fix the, the problems we had. It was a situation, a very difficult situation. When we started working in Agile on two pilot projects, we, we started changing the way. So we had ceremonies. So the, the things were changing. And I started looking at the present on those. So we're, they were a new project, so it's fine. But also started adapt my own agenda to, to things that were more on helping the teams deliver and going to retrospectives and progress. Aggressively, when Agile scaled to all the, the organization, I figured out my agenda had completely changed over time because I had managed, after having set up quality requirements, I had less emergencies. I had more time to go to demos. I even saved time to go to Gemba. So I, I set up new kinds of meetings. 
I booked one hour to visit each of the squads. Once a week, I had a one hour direct chat with the team and look at what they were doing, which I had never done before. Uh, but I was simply learning to do Agile the right way. Um, I would go to not retrospective, but to retros of retros, where I would listen to what the problems were and try to find a solution if I could have something short quickly, or if I needed to work on something to solve the problem. So you set up meetings with the teams to see what they were up to versus just attending their ceremonies, say their sprint demos? I couldn't go to all the demos. And so what I did was a bit, we, we don't always recommend that, but I asked for specific demos once in a while. Wondering, should I do that? Because it's like, uh, I'm a bit special. I need a specific demo for because I'm the boss. But actually, no, they really liked it because they felt that I was caring for the, what they were doing, for what the mm. team were delivering. I would, of course, I would never made make a bad comment. I was really liking looking at what they delivered, asking questions and showing interest in what they were doing. So it was a very positive moment. And I figured out that it was something that was very valued. And once right. I stopped doing it, they asked for it. My, my team yeah. asked for, for that because after some time, it was not my demo. I would bring marketing. And so I would bring customers and no, none of them could afford to come to 20 half an hour demos in, the, right. in, a, in a week. What kinds of questions did you ask the teams in those sessions? My first questions were really about what they were delivering. Really, what's their work? Show me what you've done. After some time, they started knowing better about their customers. You know, we had, for example, we had persona pictures on, on their board. So they started knowing who their customers were. And so we started having different discussions about, not about tech, which I knew, I knew by, by my background, but more about how would that customer use the software, for example. So it shifted over time to, to more uh, customer-oriented and forward-looking questions. But it's a question of maturity. I would say after some time, I, would, I no longer talk because I was more than happy than my colleagues from marketing and or in other places would ask questions. Mm. And so I was, you know, relaxed and seeing my own teams performing and doing their job. And I was only seeing that they were delivering stuff that the other, my internal customers liked. You said you also went to retros. Did you find that the presence of the boss in the room changed the nature of the conversation in the retros? Yeah, they, they kicked me out of the first one. I wanted to go to the first one. They say, no, they kicked me <laughs> out. After, but when they became more comfortable, so we had a, an agreement with the agile coaches who were monitoring, not the retros for squads, but the retros for the whole groups. Mm. And they had an agreement that there, there would be no personal, nothing personal, nothing about one specific person. If something was related to one person's behavior, it would be something else. Mm. So it was only about global problems and they would filter the problems. So that what happened in the retros was everyone was comfortable in the, in the, in the organization and I would only get a part of it that they could not really solve. And so it was a means to, to keep me being able to fit in the system. How else did your calendar shift as you moved to Agile? I started doing escalation, booking a few moments in the week so that people come to me instead of me organizing information and get pushing information. So it was more like a pool. For example, I knew we had scrums in the morning and then scrum of scrums every day. And in the beginning, I booked 15 minutes time slot at the beginning of the, of the afternoon in case no one had solved the problems and the escalations. They could come to me and tell me, look, we have a big problem. And they knew that I had 15 minutes for that topic. It was booked every day. And sometimes, some days they would come to my office. Sometimes there was no problem. And after a few months, 
it disappeared. I didn't, I no longer needed that. But in the beginning, it was very useful that I simply booked my time. I was reading, when they didn't come, I was reading my email, but I was there in case. In the beginning, you said your calendar was stuffed with meetings where you were being asked to make decisions. How did you enable the teams to make more decisions? It depended on the decisions. One part was about giving directions, and the other one was about solving problems. The first one, giving directions, it took me more and more time. I was more and more working on strategy and upfront. I, and for example, I created one uh, design review sessions with the UX lead, with the tech lead and the head of POs, for example. And that is, was a meeting that did not exist, but I felt I had to drive something about how to balance these three components like uh, priorities, UX and tech. Something very funny happened because in the beginning, I had the feeling I had to make a, a big meeting every Monday afternoon to give information and, and spread the word. And I was the boss, so I had to tell people what to do. So I had my direct reports. I had a two hours meeting every Monday. And sometimes I felt it was quite useless because we had lots of information becoming transparent on the board. So we had a beautiful obeya, so we had everything available. So it was becoming less and less important. And then they started, without even me knowing, they made a separate meeting on Friday mornings where they worked together without me. And, uh, and they solved problems that didn't require my attention because they were able to solve them easily. They had learned it because we had this escalation system work. But then I figured out that my Monday afternoon meeting was shrinking and my direct reports meeting was becoming more and more important. And they just called me if they needed an escalation. And so I, I, I was called, hello, there is a problem. We really can't solve it. Can you call me, please? Mm-hmm. So I would come to the end of their meeting. All in all, I, I saved a lot of time. My, my agenda was, act, was actually, I had slots with nothing to do and I would simply work on strategy. I would launch new ideas. I would connect with my peers, which I had the head of marketing and the head of professional services. I had no time to do it. Now I had time to do things I had no time before. So it was really a a major change. And also I would say the time slots were very focused. I, I managed to have two hours to think about a strategy of this or that product with the the person in charge of that product, for example. That is something I never had time to do before. As you reflect on that period, based on what you know now, is there anything you'd do differently? I think it would probably be faster if I listened more because I, I learned myself during the whole process to, mm. to let go. But I think that the, the thing that was the most important and that no one usually talks about is that I worked a lot on quality, continuous integration before letting go because I would have n- never done that if I was not comfortable with teams delivering and uh, having a few processes in place that make software really run with the right quality. Uh, and then I, um, I think it really helped a lot. Maybe I should have connected my teams earlier and tried to connect earlier with the, the neighboring organizations to not go further in Agile alone with my organization, but to connect end-to-end earlier. End-to-end with strategy or marketing or, in fact, customers. But again, that was not easy because, you know, it depends on the CEO, it depends on uh, the reporting lines, and and, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. My agenda became aligned. It it was depending on the ceremonies of my teams. I didn't drive the time of everyone. They were driving my agenda. I had put in place the meetings when I could because I didn't want to perturbate anything in how my teams were producing software. So lots of things that really 
it's all upside down versus what we usually think about how to design an agenda. Laurent, thanks so much for sharing your story. Leaders, ask yourselves, do you have too many meetings? Perhaps if you enable and empower your teams and let them drive your agenda, you'll have time to transform. Please follow Agile Storytime for more informative, insightful, and inspiring stories. This is a podcast from Boston Consulting Group. For more information on enterprise agility, go to on.bcg.com slash agile.